What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. And happy 2019 to you all. Thank you for joining me on another episode. We are doing the MCU Watch Party. If this is your first time with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. And we are very, very happy to have you. Stick around and uh, let's talk some Iron Man 3 today. So today's episode is the seventh installment of our uh, MCU watch party. So we are really moving right along. Um, We've done Captain America, the first Avenger. We've done uh, Iron Man's one and two. We've done Thor, Incredible Hulk and Avengers. And we're doing this in the MCU official timeline order. So that brought us to Iron Man 3 for today. And boy, this is a big movie. Um, This movie debuted in the States on May 3rd, 2013. The first cut of this movie was three hours, 15 minutes long. They ended up cutting it all the way down to two hours, 11 minutes. We still haven't seen a three hour MCU movie but we probably will with Endgame. This is the first MCU movie with a prologue and it had no opening credits. We went straight into the action and we uh, don't even see the title of this movie until the end credits. Um, The movie is set. The very beginning is set on New Year's Eve, 1999. And that's where Tony has uh, met a lady, Maya Hansen, and he is going to... Uh, indulge in a one night stand with her but she is a brilliant scientist and she is doing uh genetic research on how how to uh create a serum that would allow a person with uh with damaged limbs or it's it's a genetic manipulation so it's allowing people to heal from traumatic injuries and even psychological injuries. So we'll find out more about that later on in the episode. At the beginning of this movie, Tony meets Maya. They go back to her hotel room and he writes out a formula on the back of a hello a name tag. And uh, on the name tag, he writes, you know who I am. And then on the back, he scribbles out a formula. He's half intoxicated. Tony is so such a genius that even drunk he can come up with uh formulas and just ways to help move her uh research along that much faster so he scribbles this on the back of that card or on the back of that name tag and then he leaves her room because that's what tony stark did in 1999 what he also did was he met a gentleman it was a lot of people of course they were at at a new year's eve party There were a lot of people and a crowded uh, elevator. And just like in every freaking movie ever, there's like a person who is trying to sell a product in a crowded elevator. And that would be Audrey Killian. And he's he's a little disabled. He's kind of gimpy, kind of nerdy. And he uh, is trying to get Tony to take his business card and call him to you know, to kind of collaborate on a project that he had in mind. Tony didn't take the card. Maya Hansen took two. She took one for her and one for uh, Tony, except for Tony said, give them to her. She'll keep one for herself 
and one to throw away. So he made it clear that he was not interested in whatever project that Aldrich was uh was trying to have him get involved in. But Aldrich, uh, he kind of didn't take no for an answer. He was he wasn't being super pushy, but he did want uh an, an audience with Tony Stark. And Tony seized upon this because before leaving the elevator, he let everybody else exit. And then he told Aldrich, hey, you know what? I do want to work with you. Go up to the roof and I'll meet you there in five minutes. I just got to go and take care of this thing real quick. And then I'll be up there. And an excited Aldrich Killian goes up to the rooftop and waits on Tony. And Tony never shows. Tony knew when he sent that man up there that he was not going back. He was not going to meet him up there. It was a bad practical joke. Tony, when he reflects back upon that night, he realized that you create your own demons. So all of that was like the prologue to the movie. And um, this was not just a movie. It was a big movie. Uh, it was budgeted at $200 million. But the initial budget was $140 million. Marvel upped the amount that they were going to put behind this movie after the success of the Avengers movie. So now they upped it to $200 million to make uh, first-time director Shane Black put him in a position where he would be able to make the the very best movie that he possibly could. So this is the first of the Iron Man movies that was not directed by Jon Favreau, but he did reprise his role as Happy Hogan. We got no Nick Fury in this episode, or I'm sorry, in this movie at all. No Nick Fury. He didn't show up, period. But that didn't stop this movie from going to the box office and picking up $1.215 billion dollars billion (laughs) so that's two billion dollar movies in a row for the mcu uh paramount they line their pockets with eight percent of that because remember the deal that marvel and paramount had uh when we look at the movie and it first came on we get the paramount logo we see no parts of disney until the end credits of this movie and like i was saying it uh shane black is the first time director of an Iron Man movie, but he's not a first time director. He gave us like a, the long kiss good night, which is being debated right now as, is that a Christmas movie? And I guess we can ask the same thing about this movie because it's a trademark of Shane Black's. He, he sets his movies at Christmas time and this one is no different. So this is the MCU equivalent of a Christmas movie. It's also a love triangle, according to Kevin Feige. And Kevin Feige says that um, there's a love triangle at hand and it's between Tony, Pepper and the suits. And that is one thing that I have been speculating on over the last few weeks that I feel like Tony doesn't know which one he loves more, Pepper or the or Iron Man. And uh, Kevin Feige is just giving me a little credence right now where I, I think that I'm on the right path. But in this movie, Tony did demonstrate that Pepper has a very strong uh, place in his life. And we'll get to that. He also finds out the answer to a big question. Does the man make the suit or does the suit make the man? 
So as we talk more about this, uh, we know that Tony walked into this movie plagued with worry and insomnia since the battle in New York. And he's also, again, becoming so dependent on these suits that it's affecting every area of his life, including his relationship with Pepper. So his personal life is literally reduced to rubble when Tony is forced to rely on his instincts and ingenuity to protect his loved one. The critics like this movie. They, they, the critics had the same issue with this movie that the fans had. And that was the twist. We'll talk about the twist a little later. But if you have not watched Iron Man 3, you should not be listening to this because it is just ripe with spoilers. So stop the movie, or I'm sorry, stop this episode, go over to Amazon and watch the movie and then come back or go into your personal DVD collection, blow the dust off of your copy of Iron Man 3 and watch the movie and then come back and let's listen to the, uh, the end of this episode because I do, I do give away some spoilers in this, uh, in this review. The movie uses ideas from the Extremist Comics arc by Warren Ellis. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because that was the president's name in this movie. In the Extremist arc, we learn that Extremist is an advanced form of genetic genetic manipulation created by Maya Hansen and Audra Killian. Now, when you think about this, Maya Hansen, Audra Killian, yep, she kept his card. When he gave her that card in the elevator back in 1999, she kept it and she kept it and they teamed up and created this, uh, this drug. It, it grants the human body the ability to heal and regenerate from physical damages, deformities, and even psychological damages. This also includes the regrowth of severed limbs in a very short time span various physical enhancements as well as an exothermic ability and that is part of the problem with extremists it, that exothermic ability so tony did un- unknowingly assist in creating uh extremists by producing that formula while he was intoxicated on new year's eve 1999 again another way you create your own demons Tony created three demons that day. He create he helped create extremists. He uh, gave Maya the information that was necessary to to propel her uh, research, and he created Aldric Killian because of his slight to him. So three demons at least that night Tony created. So there were deaths because when uh, with with extremists, if a person's who was undergoing this treatment, if their body rejects the treatment, it basically gets up to 300, I'm sorry, 3000 degrees Celsius. And that person basically evaporates in like a a nuclear type of, uh, of reaction. So you you have this nuclear uh, explosion. So the person who, had this exothermic uh exothermic uh treatment on them and their body reject rejected it that person it evaporates and it will evaporate or kill everything around it so now if you are a pharmaceutical agency or research company and your treatment is causing people 
to explode. And most of the people that you are using this treatment on are soldiers and people who are injured in, uh, in military uh, assignments and, and that sort of thing. You really don't want your research shut down. So now you have to come up with an alternate theory. And the alternate theory that Audrey Killian came up with was these are all terrorist attacks. So every time an extremist patient rejected the, uh, the treatment and exploded somewhere, he had to stage a terrorist attack. And how he did that was by creating a character called the Mandarin. And this is where a lot of fans and critics had an issue. And if the critics had an issue with it, they are fans as well of uh, the comics. Because in the comics, the Mandarin was a formidable uh, foe to Iron Man. He was not just a, a, a front man for uh, Aldrich Killian. So in this movie, the, the Mandarin is uh, actually an actor. His name is Trevor Slattery. He has a drug problem. And Aldrich Killian takes advantage of that. Takes advantage of it by providing him with a plethora of drugs and women. In exchange for him playing this character in these videos that are released to uh, the world via some type of interruption in satellites or however people interrupt broadcast signals, you might want to ask the Joker. <laughs> he seems to be pretty good at this because if you listen to the Christmas episode, the actual Christmas episode that I recorded, you know that the Joker took over uh, a broadcast signal and he had all kinds of fun in Gotham City on Christmas Eve. But that's another story. So they're basically broadcasting these um, kind of like Osama bin Laden like recordings all over the world. And it's actually talking to the United States because these attacks, quote unquote, <laughs> attacks all happen in on U.S. soil. So anytime this happens on U.S. soil a video comes up and there's been like several of them. And so there have been several Mandarin videos released that are taking the blame for these explosions when it's really the, uh, the drug, the, the serum extremist is having a negative effect on the person and their body is rejecting it. So it does not, it is not an actual terrorist uh, plot. And Sh Shane Black actually was explaining that, you know, yes, it is different from the comics. And and if you and in fairness, a lot of the movies are different from the comics. Um, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is not the Marvel Marvel comic book cinematic universe. It is just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, those are their properties and they can take the liberties that they want. Same with DC. They can take the, the liberties that they want to uh, to make the story different for the big screen instead of just retelling a story that everybody knows already. So they took uh, some artistic liberties. It was a twist that was not well received, but it did not ruin the entire movie because we still had a formidable villain in Aldrich Killian, even though the Mandarin was just some freaking cokehead who they picked off the street and used uh, to deliver the message, be the mouthpiece, so to speak. But because nobody knows that until the end of the movie, the whole world is acting as if this is 
a terrorist uh, attack. These are terrorist attacks on U.S. soil. And um, in one of these these events where an individual rejected the serum and blew up, Happy Hogan was within, we'll say, 20 feet of him. So he was uh, injured and he was in a coma for some time after this uh, after this event. And that made it very personal for Tony. Now, talking about Tony, Tony has been going through it since uh, the the battle in New York. You know, again, insomnia, panic attacks, uh, just being completely obsessed with these suits. He's just making suit after suit after suit. Uh, his, his relationship is kind of suffering because he's giving an awful lot of attention to the suits and not very much to his woman. Now, Pepper is being patient because she adores Tony. But again, she is like, she can't, how much can a woman take? So Tony uh, admits this to Pepper and th- they have like a tender moment. There, there's like several tender moments between Tony and Pepper. She, she knows that he loves her. What she wants him to do is to get better and, and not just keep thinking that the answer is in making more suits she wants him to get better and then after finding out that uh that happy was injured in this uh latest quote unquote attack tony issues a threat to the mandarin and he does so on uh, national television with several uh, news stations right there with mics in his face he gives out his address and says you know mandarin if you're a man then you'll come and you'll get me you know we can we can do this like men well he gave out his address and pepper is like that was stupid she didn't say stupid but i'm pretty sure she thought stupid so she's trying to get tony to uh agree that they need to leave that house because now they could possibly have a madman coming to uh to get them in the meantime maya hansen shows up instead of a madman we get maya hansen and when she shows up, she's saying, I think my boss, Audrey Killian, is behind the Mandarin. And uh, that gets Tony's attention. And she's she's coming to him for help. She wants to know what to do. And uh, Tony is about to help her when helicopters begin to attack his home, uh, shooting, blowing, uh, sending, sending basically missiles into his home and destroying everything now he his mind is that he has to protect pepper so at this moment he's really not thinking about maya but he does protect pepper because the house around them is being destroyed and he gets a suit to come to him because you know he he waves his hands now and then the suits would the suit will just come so uh he waved a hand and the suit suited up pepper and pepper in the suit is a nod to Invincible Iron Man comic book series from uh from 2009 to 2012. She was the superheroine Rescue, and Rescue is rumored to be uh making an appearance in Endgame. So she uh she was in the suit. She was not at this time the character Rescue, but boy, does she look like her. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it did it looked dope she and she she even said that she really enjoyed being in that suit and that her son 
really thought it was the coolest thing ever for mom to be in the Iron Man suit. But I digress. Pepper is in the suit. Uh, so she's at this point, she's protected from uh, this onslaught from these helicopters. And she takes Maya out and uh, gets her to safety. And Tony, at this point, Jarvis tells Tony, hey, Miss Potts is safe. Tony gets a suit on and it is a prototype suit. So the suit is not responding in the ways that it should. Tony is thought to be lost in the uh, rubble that was his house. His house ended up being just literally destroyed and parts of it just tumbled off into the ocean. So uh, Tony was presumed dead. Everybody to, to everybody, Tony was dead until um, the suit actually it got back online and there was a flight plan in the suit where Tony had told Jarvis hours earlier that he needed to go to Tennessee. And that is where Jarvis sent Tony after this incident. And then the suit uh, lost power and Jarvis completely went offline again. So now Tony is in Tennessee. He's got no way back to uh back to California and he is uh there's no power to the suit no Jarvis he uses like uh the last little bits of power to to get a message off to Pepper to let her know that he was still alive but now Tony is off the grid and what we see now uh from that point is a man with the suit but he there's nothing he can do with it so we find out then now well we don't find out tony finds out that he is every bit the same type of hero that iron man is um he meets a kid in tennessee and he holds up in his kid's garage and the kid's name is harley he's played by uh ty simpkins and Ty Simpkin signed a three-movie deal. We've only seen Ty once, though, right? So Harley has only shown up one time in Iron Man 3. So that means we are probably going to see him two more times, but where? Ty Simpkins played the kid who uh, basically became the muse to Tony. He's a kid. And he's putting his fingers on every button that Tony had. And Tony was experiencing anxiety attacks. And every time this kid would ask him about New York, because he's a kid, he wants to know about aliens and all of that. But every single time they have this this uh, start of a conversation, Tony has an anxiety attack. And uh, I guess what this kid is representing in this is Tony needs to face these fears. So that was one thing. So Tony finds out that uh, being in Tennessee, that's pretty much ground zero for these extremist, uh, these extremist occurrences. He runs into an awful lot of people who are under the influence of extremists and they are trying to stop him from getting the information that he needs to put a complete end to this project. He thwarts off all of these attacks, all of this without the Iron Man armor and uh, also a surprising little bit of help from his new friend, Harley. Moving right along, uh, 
they defeat Seven and uh, oh gosh, I forgot the, uh, the the lady agent's name. So, but he he defeats them temporarily and goes back to uh, Harley's garage and is attempting to uh, get the Iron Man suit charged up so that he'd be able to use it when he gets the location of um of where the Mandarin is the signal from his broadcast and finally finally they get the signal they find out that this is being broadcast from miami florida (laughs) so he's thinking he'd have to go overseas and and uh go to pakistan or palestine or somewhere different within malibu i'm sorry miami that's where you're going he gets into uh the car that he basically stole from one of these uh, extremist agents and he heads to Malibu while the suit continues to charge in the meantime um, we're finding out that the president of the United States Warren Ellis at this point is uh, he's in the air he's on his way to somewhere or the other and because um, it's Christmas time so I will assume that he's headed to Camp David but it's Christmas time. He's in the air, and uh, and the Mandarin, quote unquote, does another uh, one of his videos where he executes an individual right there on the camera. Of course, this is all staged. It's really just a ploy to get uh, Colonel James Rhodes to be dispatched to uh, come be, get to the side of the president, and because they really they want that suit they want the iron patriot used to be war machine but now he's iron patriot and he is uh painted red white and blue they want that suit so they need colonel james rhodes to come to the president's uh assistance to make sure he's safe on his flights and they intercept roadie they get the suit and now roadie is captured also by the quote unquote mandarin so now he's captured side story they've actually captured pepper because pepper was still with uh maya hansen and turns out that all she really wanted was tony uh to come and help them fix the stabilization issues that they are having with extremists because he had he had gotten them so far with just being drunk and writing on the back of a name tag when what they really want is for him to fix the stabilization issues so that they can sell this product. So they kidnap Pepper. What better way to get Tony's attention? And furthermore, Aldrich Killian, he had a little thing for Pepper. She never really liked him uh, in that way, but she did give him an audience earlier in that uh, that week. And she also... Uh, found him at this point a a little more attractive than he was in the uh old old days when she did know him he uh, had his teeth fixed he of course has been using extremists their own uh their own serum and it has corrected a lot of his uh debilitating injuries and his uh deformities so he he was actually pretty handsome uh in the 2000 2000 something version of Aldrich Killian was a whole heck of a lot more attractive than the one uh that that uh Pepper knew in the past and so he uh he kidnaps her 
and he experiments on her. He puts her in the in the uh the device and starts to inject her with the extremist serum. So now she is about to have these issues and be at risk for rejecting the serum and exploding. In the meantime, Tony has made it to uh to to Miami and he's got nothing. He's got no suit. He doesn't have a handgun. All he has is uh things that he made up you know what he reminded me of in this moment in the movie he reminded me of batman he made bombs out of christmas ornaments he uh made tasers out of out of uh just materials that he found at a local uh like like lowe's or menards or one of those types of hardware stores so with those types of material tony all by himself infiltrates the quote unquote mandarin's compound and he taking people he's taking people out in batman fashion so he he's uh using devices smoke screens he's just tony really he could be batman and then he uh finally gets to the room where the mandarin is holed up to find this crackhead like we said we, we talked about the fact that this this guy wasn't right. He's he's a drug addict and oh, they just feeding him drugs all day and then bringing him out when they need him to play the character of the Mandarin. This is also where Tony finds out who was really behind the uh, quote unquote terrorist attacks. And that is Aldrich Killian. And Aldrich locks him up and he's telling him, you know, he's got him. Uh, in fact, it's not even him. Maya Hansen is telling him. Oh, this is familiar because she's got him like uh, handcuffed to a bed frame. So you can tell that she's just a little bitter about that one night stand. And uh, I don't think she should be because it seemed to me from the beginning that she knew what it was. But okay, so they had the one night stand. Uh, She wanted it to be more. He apparently didn't. In fact, he found uh, everything that he wanted in a woman in Pepper and he kind of is letting her know that. So then she was like, well, glad you feel that way because we got her too. And uh, now they find out that Pepper, is, he Tony finds out that Pepper is not only being held hostage, but she has been injected with this serum and it's just breaking his heart to see his lady like that. Aldra Killian comes in and uh, somehow Maya starts to get a conscience. And she says that if he does something to Tony she will or pepper she will kill herself so uh aldrich took took her up on that and um she was gonna kill herself but he went ahead and and did it for her so uh so maya is out of the picture now you only have uh tony and aldrich standing face to face after all of these years all these years he has finally got tony in the position where he feels like Tony is going to have to help him at this point make this serum. So uh, he's getting word, though. Aldrich is getting word that uh, the president has been captured. And and there's a part, there's a part in this movie that that bothered me. And one of the things that bothered me was that uh, they, that Air Force One is the president's plane. And it, the windows on that plane are pretty much bulletproof. Yet, 
the window was shattered by a bullet in uh in in the course of the fight when uh they were trying to keep the president from being taken by one of Aldrich Killian's goons so that was just like that continuity kind of thing you know that kind of gets under my skin I did not uh didn't let it take me out of the movie like I did some of the stuff in that other movie that I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks but that I'm not going to bring up today I let those get under my skin but I didn't let this one and there was other stuff in this movie but I did I tried to let it not take me out of the movie but anyway they finally they get the president uh oh no I'm sorry Tony first Aldrich Killian leaves and leaves a couple of his goons to watch Tony Tony gets a word that his Iron Man suit is ready and he waves it and it took a little while and he kept telling the, the, the goons you guys are going to regret regret not letting me go you guys got it I'm giving you an opportunity to just let me go and they were just laughing at him because what was he going to do he's handcuffed to a bed frame when the suit came in and Tony he he took them out just as promised then he started making his way through the uh compound to see if uh he could if he could find uh pepper he also uh runs into roadie because roadie was being held hostage there as well and he escaped and they kind of meet back up and when they meet up they take out several of the guards several of the people who are supposed to be uh guarding them they take them out and they find out where Pepper is being held. They also find out that uh, the president's plane has been boarded. So now at this point, they know they have to either save Pepper or save the president. They've only got one Iron Man suit. So Rhodey keeps saying, you know, we only got one suit. So how are we going to save both? We're going to save Pepper or the president. Tony sends the suit to Air Force One and uh, tries to stop this whole presidential hijacking from come from from happening but this it's already happened the president is already gone uh the suit ends up saving all the people who were on the on air force one in spectacular fashion i thought it was so dope uh they were free falling and the suit is just catching them and as he's catching them he's put sending a shock uh through their hands once they grab the person closest to him so they're free falling he caught one that one catches the next person he sends a shock through them so that their hand won't open so that shock continues as their bodies are being used as conductors of the shock that is keeping them from letting go of the person that they are grabbing out of the sky it was dope and and he wound up saving pretty much them all it's like a video game it's like watching that but we found out that that suit was empty tony was uh actually on a speedboat headed to where they were held holding uh pepper and they get there and they find out that that that's where they're holding the president as well the president is going to be there too in fact the president uh was strung up over barrels of oil and he had on the iron patriot suit so it appeared that they were going to give him a good old Viking funeral over these barrels of oil. Big, huge, not little barrels of oil, like big drums of oil. So now they've got uh, they've got some some thinking to do. 
And this is all like this. This is all like a espionage thriller type movie uh, where we've got these big decisions. Do we say the president? Do I go after Pepper? And uh, they split up and Jarvis sends backup. And the backup that he sends are all the suits that Tony has been working on the whole time that he's been uh, suffering from this PTSD. Tony gives Jarvis the protocol house party and they have a house party. We're talking like 44 suits just come to save the day. They just all come flying at like mock speeds, get to Miami and it's an all out uh war with these extremist agents in tony's suits and um we saw some suits that i hadn't you know of course i've I've not seen them all personally but uh igor so we know that he's made big bulky suits in the past for things like hulkbuster but this suit was called igor and it was just for heavy lifting and uh tony and roadie were on a beam and the beam was collapsing. It was falling, uh, falling down. And they called Igor and Igor came and put that beam on his back and just raised it up. Tony was making armor for just no apparent reason, just armor for something. Everything had a different use, but all of this armor was so dope. It was just awesome seeing them all just appear and all these different iterations of Iron Man out there banging it out with these extremist agents and then to the point where okay the suits win you know they they have to uh now get to pepper and they find miss potts and um tony goes to to get her from out of the rubble of where the the building has started falling around her when from the war that was going on outside and he comes face to face again with audrey killian so now Aldrich Killian and, and Tony, you know, they have to battle it out because this has been a long time coming for Aldrich. He's been thinking about revenge on Tony Stark ever since that day in 1990 or that night on in 1999, where he was stood up on the uh, on the rooftop there in uh, in Switzerland. So they bang it out. It's not looking good for Tony. Uh he he's on the ropes and then tony calls a suit and for every time he calls a suit killian destroys a suit and tony ends up getting into another suit and it's just not looking good for him and uh to make a long story short pepper ends up saving the day at the end of it all uh tony has temporarily defeated killian but the death blow or what we thought, what we think to be the death blow was given by Pepper because Pepper has uh, enhanced strength, durability, that exothermic ability, uh, all of these things because of the serum that has been injected into her. Even though she was unwilling, she did get the powers that that, that uh, serum granted. So Pepper saves her man. And for Christmas, Tony issues protocol, uh, clean slate, thus destroying all the armor and creating like what looked like most beautiful fireworks display. But if you didn't know that this was Tony's armor blowing up in the sky, but 
um, the president was safe. Rhodey was safe. Pepper is safe. Tony is safe. And for Harley, because this is a Christmas episode, boy, did he hook him up for Christmas. And that's all I can say. He filled that garage with everything a kid could ever imagine having ever. So uh, Tony Stark made a new friend and Harley. We know that we will be seeing him again because he's signed a three movie deal. So we're going to have to see him at some point. And yeah, Tony learned that he is a hero without that suit. That suit uh, is a bit, well, he becomes a, a more indestructible hero in the suit. But even without that suit, Tony is a hero. He found that out about himself. And it was just good going on this journey because we learned an awful lot about Tony, um, his resourcefulness, uh, some of the things that he fears and that he really, really loves Pepper. Because today in that episode, he's like, today I made the decision that she means more to me than these suits. But then we see going further that there's an issue with the suit coming up again. But so let me know that uh, he's still a little torn. But if given a choice and it's like you have to choose right now, he's going to choose Pepper just like he did uh, that Christmas night in uh, 2013. So that was a a very long and I know I'm going to have to edit the heck out of this episode because that was a very long description of uh, Iron Man 3. But he, uh, again, he created his own demons, you know, by being a, a jerk to Killian on New Year's Eve in 1999. That one night stand with Maya created one and also him just jotting down the uh, the formula for this extremist. He, uh, those were three demons he created. Now he was able to get Pepper stabilized in the end. He, he knew how to do it. So she was, she was stabilized. Tony also had the shrapnel removed from his heart to, with which he made a necklace for Pepper. So that necklace that he puts around her neck is all from shards of the shrapnel that he had taken out of his chest. And, um, Oh, my Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee was a beauty pageant judge in Tennessee. So they were having a beauty pageant. And uh, that's when Tony was trying to triangulate the signal for the uh, Mandarin broadcast. And he found it. Well, Stan Lee appeared as a judge in the uh, in, in that beauty pageant that was going on outside of the news van that Tony had kind of hijacked. And our post-credit scene, post-credit scene didn't set up a future movie. This post-credit scene was Robert Downey Jr.'s idea. And because uh, Tony Stark was narrating, he was like basically telling this story to someone. We find out that the someone he was telling the story to was none other than Bruce Banner. And uh, he was just talking, oh, I'm so glad that you were such a great listener. And we find out that Bruce was asleep. He slept through the entire story. He heard absolutely none of it. But Tony got all that off of his chest. And all that all that Bruce Banner can say is, I'm not that kind of doctor. So 
So it was a funny uh, post credit scene, but it did not lead us to another movie. And I've uh, basically told you the entire story about uh, Iron Man 3. And now I will give you this Avengers Endgame theory. Okay, so I was reading uh, Esquire and what I ran into was a new fan theory for uh for Endgame and crazy the places that you find these fan theories they're just everywhere now so um I could read the entire fan fan theory to you but I think I'll just give it to you in a nutshell because I spent an awful lot of time chatterboxing and rambling on about uh Iron Man so it's basically this you recall in um Avengers Infinity War, when Thanos said to uh, Doctor Strange, this was your greatest weapon and you didn't even use it. Uh, he was speaking of the Time Stone. And the question that's been recurring to me, and I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the fandom have been questioning if that's true. Did Doctor Strange never use the Time Stone? Well, there's a Redditor who, uh, who, is responsible for the theory that um, I'm about to share with you. And it's, it's a lot, a lengthy theory that he wrote. So I will just, uh, and his name is Raul Vige. So I've credited him in, in, uh, in Reddit for what, you know, for him coming up with this theory, but his theory in a nutshell is did Dr. Strange put a spell on the time stone? And when he gave it to uh, to Thanos, it was basically with we're going to keep running through this until the good guys win. So basically it created a time loop. And this loop is going to continue to go until we get to the, the uh, scenario where the Avengers and friends win. And um, I hope that made sense. I hope because I'm, I'm trying to narrow down what he put and it's an awful lot so basically that dr strange put a spell on a time stone that would create a time loop until a certain uh outcome has been achieved and uh also the precedent is that he did it to dormammu where he just continuously had dormammu living through even after he himself was killed because Dormammu killed him a number of times and he just came back and the loop just continued. So we have a precedent set for Dr. Strange setting this type of time loop. Is it possible that Dr. Strange put that type of spell on the time stone or started that spell before and, and now he's dead. So the spell can't be removed. So he started that spell and now there's uh there's no way to stop it until the result that dr strange had put on the stone occurs i don't know if i'm making sense let me know if i'm making sense send me an email or uh talk to me on social medias or there's a lot of ways to catch up with me we're going to go over all of those ways in just a moment because uh, this is the time in the episode where I, I just wrapped up the fan theory. So this is the time in the episode 
where I tell you how I can be reached, which is at after the snap at gmail.com for those who'd like to email me. If you like to catch up with me on Facebook, it's at after the snap, or you can go to the snap survivors group. It's where it all goes down and uh, join the group and join the family on Twitter. I'm at snap after and on Instagram. It's after the snap 2018. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can head over to patreon.com slash after the snap. And there are uh, like four tiers starting at $1 a month that you can join. Um, if you would like to, to give a one-time donation, that would be at paypal.me slash after the snap. None of those things interest you. None of that. Eh, not a big deal. Guys, come and join me again. I will be here Tuesday with something. Don't know quite yet, but I do know what we're going to be doing next week, Friday. So one week from today, we will be and uh, covering Thor, the dark world. I guess there is one thing that I did not do with uh, Tony Stark and, and Iron Man 3, and that is give it my rating. And I liked this movie. Uh, it was a departure from uh, just seeing the suit. We actually got to see Tony Stark being a hero without the suit. And I think that was important to see. And one of the... Uh, I did have a, a couple of issues because uh, the twist, the twist didn't bother me that much, but you know, eh, the, it was more some of the continuity things and it was a, it was a couple of them. Um, I shared the one, but there were a couple and, and they didn't like take me completely out of the movie. So uh, on a scale from one to five with five being great, I'm going to give this movie a four. So four out of five, which is eight out of 10, if you have to go on a scale to one to 10. So there's that. Last but not least, I like to remind everyone to go over to iTunes, rate and review the show. Um, also, if you go over to iTunes, rate and review the show, um, you can find me on YouTube. You can click on one of my videos and uh leave me a comment subscribe to the channel on youtube as well uh subscribe subscribe on itunes or any of your favorite podcast apps it is going to do so much to help the show also if you got a friend or two who is into this type of content send them my way to share the show with them and and uh let's let's see how much growth we can get in 2019 no, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it uh, with our intimate, close group. Let's see how big we can get in 2019. All right. Okay. Since I have nothing else, I will catch you on the flip. Mm-hmm.